Hello, and welcome to another uh, episode of Cathode Ray Mission, uh, a podcast where we're watching movies on streaming platforms, I guess. That's that's the theme of the show. Uh, I am Will Scoville in Berkeley, California. With me, as always, in Oklahoma City is my co-host, Randy Heyer. Hi, hey, Randy. hey, Will. How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, despite Excellent. the movie we watched. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, this was a this was a rough one, um, and uh, we did not select this one this week. It, the movie is, of course, uh, uh, JP Two: The Lost World, or just The Lost World, or um, sometimes I call it "We're Back: A Dinosaur Story." Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that laugh you heard is our special guest and the person who selected this piece of garbage for us to watch. Uh, Jacob, Jacob Rubin, Jacob Rubin. Hello. How are you? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm sorry. And also I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, Jacob Rubin is a writer and comedian based out of Oakland. Uh, he and I have worked together for a long time on various projects. Uh, he is doing online trivia, like on your Facebook. And then also you have a podcast with your wife called Boo to a Goose. Yes, uh, Boo to a Goose, where we break down British idioms, expressions, and slang. Wonderful. It's good. It's, uh, Hell yeah, that sounds awesome short. as hell. Fuck yeah. 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 Um, excellent. So, man, all right. Um, Jacob, JP2, The Lost World. Yes. Why did you have us watch this movie? Well, uh, when you hit me up to do the show, um, I didn't know. I had no idea what I wanted to think. You just told me the parameters. It has to be on a streaming service. Great. Um, and then I ended up watching Jurassic Park, like the OG which is great, which is like a fantastic, it's a perfect action movie. It's a perfect monster movie. And I realized that I saw Jurassic World when it came out and thought it was uh, hot, wet trash. Um, but I remember that, I mean, there's, there's a, by, the, I think they finished production on the sixth one. Ugh. Yeah, uh, Dominion, where they bring back, I think everybody from the first movie is back. They got like Goldblum and Sam Neill and everybody. And I'm like, okay, I never saw, I remember seeing uh, commercials for this when it came out in 95, right? 95, 97, excuse me. Um, mostly I remember the ads for the Matchbox cars that had the really distinctive, the Lost World Jurassic Park from Matchbox. That is in my head forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've never seen this. And I want to talk, I want to talk about like sequels and like how Spielberg does sequels. Okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, you know, like, honestly... What I had never seen this. I am admittedly not a huge Jurassic Park franchise fan. Um, sure. I, I like Spielberg. Fine. There's plenty of other Spielberg movies that I really enjoyed, uh, but the Jurassic Park um, movies, I just I I thought the first one was okay. I didn't. I don't think it's bad. Um, I don't think sure. that first movie is bad at all. I just don't. I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like when the sequel started coming out, I just like I don't care enough to go see this and yeah um based on watching it twice now uh over the course of a couple days i i my opinion will scoville's opinion is that i did not miss much uh well i think there's a reason why nobody talks about this movie it's like it was a huge deal when it came out i remember being 12 and being like mildly enthusiastic about it but there's like two and three i know no one ever fucking talks about these movies at all they don't yeah the first one is so heavily referenced and it's such an indelible part of pop culture yes but i like and sometimes when you go back like i didn't see the godfather until i was like 22 mm-hmm. um me either and when i walked I was like, oh i've seen yeah i mean it was great but you know uh, well, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I've seen reflections of this in like everything, like those mm-hmm. references in like every episode of The Simpsons and all the and Animaniac and everything. And same with Jurassic Park, same with all these movies. But you'd think or even uh, I, I guess I could compare this in terms of like huge smash success and then uh, diminishing returns on the two following um, The Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at the same time, Reloaded. Like everyone remembers the the fight scene with the bajillion the Smiths. Everyone remembers the the architect that part. But I watched this movie thinking, how come no one has ever talked about this, considering how huge and important the first one is? Yeah, and I get why, and I, I'll break it down for you guys. It's because this isn't good. <laughs> it was a bad movie with bad choices. Well, okay. Yes. Here's the 
First thing that's fucking insane to me, and I don't know what the book is like, but they, why, why is it Jeff Goldblum's character that they bring back to be the right. lead in this movie? It's like Sam Neill or Laura Dern would have done. Like mm-hmm. Sam Neill yeah. is the character that you loved as a kid that I love, Dr. Grant. I can't remember what Laura Dern's character is, but like <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum's character is not the main character, part one. And he no. he's like kind of different and it's not even like the same character, really. I don't think that that character would go back to Jurassic Park for any amount of money, for any reason. You know what I mean? Like based on the first well, movie. I mean, they right. do they do hint on that at the very beginning of the movie where he does not want to get on. I get it, but there's like your girlfriend's there. Like, I mean, yeah. Holy shit, that's just like yeah. crowbarring him back into the story. Honestly, right? It it felt very, and it's just like in the first movie, Jeff Goldblum felt like kind of the wild card. He was the one that's just kind of like, hey, uh, shouldn't we not be doing that? You know, and kind of like I don't listen to him. He's just a weirdo. But now in this one, he's kind of like, um, he's still like the same message, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this, but he's not a wild card. Instead, you have like three wild cards. You have <laughs> Julian Moore, uh, you have Vince Vaughn, and then you have his fucking daughter, who yeah. is it, it does that, that, that wild gymnastic scene. That's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, what, when they brought that up, I was like, all right, start the clock. She's going to kill a dinosaur with gymnastics. That was my key memory of day. the movie is that and the bus scene, which, yeah. like, the bus scene would have been so good, but it, they keep falling. They When they fall, like, the third time, you're like, no, yeah. enough of this. <laughs> and then the bus just kind of, like, in two seconds is, like, has fallen around them, and they're, like, safe. And it's like, what the fuck? They just, like, that scene... I don't know. Well, for me, like yeah. that was the most the most engaged I was in to the movie, and then this, when they were in like the junkyard, like which is even shorter of a scene, right? That also involves that gymnastics uh, garbage, right? Those are really the two scenes where I was engaged at all in this movie. I did not care. I got the impression, kind of, that this was written to be adapted into a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like yeah. Hannibal. It feels the same way where, like, the book comes out and the movie is basically in production already and yeah. comes out like a year and a half later or whatever. Well, you'd think that, but I did the research. Okay. That's not... they, they the, So the movie, the book comes out, movie comes out. Then people are like, Michael Crichton, you got to write another book so we can make another movie. Mm-hmm. Then he does. Then Spielberg gets the book and goes, I'm going to keep two things from this and ditch everything else. Okay. Okay. Tell, tell me interestingly. more. And so in the book, it was, remember how uh, in the previous movie, um, Wayne Knight was working for a competing company? Uh-huh. Um, th- it's that, com- yeah, where he has the Barbasol can with the dinosaur in it. And they're yeah. Like, yeah. It was that company who went to the island to try to hunt the dinosaurs and do their own mm. thing. So they're like, okay. we'll just poach what Hammond's company is doing. Gotcha. In the movie, Spielberg's like, no, let's have it be Hammond's nephew. So it's still, it's the same group, which I don't, mm. I don't know if that's better or worse. Um, so what, what, uh, what he kept was the fact that Dr. Ian Malcolm is the protagonist, which I agree, bad call when you have, I don't know why Crichton wasn't like <laughs> Dr. Grant. Like yeah. that's a you can bring back anyone you want in a book. You don't have to pay the character. Yeah, yeah. I mean maybe uh, he's written the, differently than the way Goldblum is definitely bringing his own thing to it. You know, so I don't know. But yeah. So this is a real question. I can only think of one other movie where Jeff Goldblum is the top build guy, and that's The Fly. Hmm. Has he? I I can think of many times when he's like the best part of a movie, but not like the A list dude, like in Life Aquatic yeah. or. Uh, Earth Girls are easy, um, but are there any movies where Jeff Goldblum is the star star? He's, he's the draw power. You could argue that he's kind of the main character in Independence Day, although that is an ensemble well, piece for sure. Yeah, and I'm thinking of like other but, movies I've seen recently, like Transylvania Six Five Thousand. He's a <laughs> he's a co-lead. <laughs> the tall guy. The tall guy. Yeah. I'm reach reach way back there. <laughs> Would he be considered the lead in Buckaroo Banzai? 
No, because Peter Weller's yeah. in that movie. He's Buck Rubin. Yeah. Right, of course. Um, yeah, he's he's not really a, a leading man, I guess. He's, he's a fantastic he's, he's a, player. Yes. He's a, he's a supporting actor. That's where he's kind of like good. And even, you know, you see that in the original Jurassic Park where he was a supporting character. And exactly. kill, um, killing it in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was arguably one of the better. And again, I don't hate Jurassic Park. I just don't care for it. But he was one of the better elements of that movie. Like, he brought the 90s smirk uh, into that movie. Mm. Um, and it worked perfectly um, around all those stuck-up scientists. And he's like a, he's hate. kind of a sleazy dirtbag in part one. Yeah. And that is not at present in any way in this one. He's he's uh he's an absent minded but good father in this one. I hated is, when it was like your girlfriend's there. I was just like, are we fucking really? Is this what the story is gonna be? Yeah. This movie yeah. fucking sucked. Like and, okay, so it was so I, unnecessary. And get this, this is the movie, this is Steven Spielberg's follow-up to Schindler's List. This is the movie that he did immediately after uh schindler's list so i mean i get it is that true it is true yeah this come out uh, the same so, year as amistad so uh yeah same year as amistad so i guess amistad is the one he did but amistad came out after um didn't schindler come out the same year as jurassic park too though they uh, did. yeah they were in produ yeah, they were, on, productions over like yeah, their productions. I was reading an article about Jurassic Park that the AV Club posted about how it, Spielberg has a very much one for them, one for me mentality. Like he'll do like the crazy big action. Like most recently, you got Ready Player One. Ready Player One is definitely this is the money maker. This is an incredibly popular book. I'll just put my stank on it. Um, and then the post is like, no, this is something. And and Jurassic Park Schindler's List is probably the ur example of that because both of them were the top ten money in the top ten for 1993. Um, Schindler's was the Oscar darling. Jurassic Park was the number one movie that, that year. Mm -hmm. Like Spielberg ran Hollywood. Yeah. Indisputably. 93 in was a good year for him. For yeah. Sure. And the same way that 1994 was Carrie's best year. I could do a whole series of podcasts about that. You should not be back. <laughs> you say, did you say Jim Carrey's best year? Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Man. Yeah, Jim Carrey's best year was That's 94. funny. Yeah. I mean, that was the year of. Jim Carrey. We were just watching Dumb and Dumber the other night, me and my buddy, mm -hmm. and it came on TV. And, uh, yeah, we were talking about, I guess, Dumb and Dumber. It'd be the one I think that has last, it's aged the best, but I still don't really like it that much. I mean, maybe that's, I feel like that's a hot take for somebody my age, especially. Jim Carrey, yeah, uh, yeah. if Ace Ventura hadn't been transphobic, it would clearly be the best one, I think. Yeah, but it's so exactly my, fucking yeah. problematic that you just can't yeah, say that. It is the like, best. Like, and, and it's like, the sequel to that one wasn't good enough to kind of overcome anything. Like The bad guy gets raped by a gorilla at the end. It's yeah. horrible. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's just that that movie. It was the movie that really launched Jim Carrey as a movie star. But yeah. you can't really talk about it anymore. And and arguably, he's gone on to do better things. The Cable so, Guy is the gem of that era. That one I've rewatched that one recently. That is so good. We it were is, gonna do it, but we it yeah. wasn't on a streaming service. So yeah, we, I got pulled. Yeah, um, we will do that someday. Man, yeah, that one That's is, a good movie. Um, anyone who kind of like. Like Ben Stiller to me is like hit or miss. Like Zoo, like everybody loves Zoolander, and I and I understand why. That's not I don't. my favorite of his. I don't love it. It's got some funny jokes, but it's not a movie I'm going to put on. And the same with like Tropic Thunder. Mm -hmm. um, I do I like okay. that. I like that one better. But yeah, I think that's a better I, I movie than Zoolander. Better Zoolander. Um, but man, like the Cable Guy, like you got that where he just like nails it. And mm -hmm. for what it's worth. Um, reality bites yeah. is an interesting kind of time capsule of the nineties. Um, whether or not it's a good movie is arguable, but the, the cable guy is the stank of the show, the Ben Stiller show on it. Yes. And, and they all appear is, in bit roles, like tiny roles. 
they all have cameos, it, right? It's like, yeah, with that movie, um, yeah, they had done that that the Ben Stiller show, which was mostly, uh, except for Andy Dick, they had all worked on SNL. Mm. They'd all been employed uh, with Jane Garofalo and Ben Stiller in the cast, and then Bob Odenkirk as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were all it, like, none of them liked working on that show. I don't think any of them liked living in New York. Um, so they all went to LA and got this like great sketch show. Mm-hmm. And out of that came the cable guy, which, yeah, it, it really feels like the, the Ben Stiller show movie. Yeah. And um, they're actually, they all have cameos, or Jeannie Garofalo is a main role in Reality Bites, too, which yeah. is before the cable guy. She works at the Gap. <laughs> I remember I was, I was Spade is in that first second, and he's, he's hey, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> oh, yeah, then he has something about, like, like, he's, like, the manager, and it's, like, that's why I've been here for nine months or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, very much a retail. Like, yeah, your boss has been there for less than a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to J- J- The Lost J- World, JP2. Let's get into the plot of this bad boy. We hinted at it. Uh, we're just like doing the greatest hits of who we could get back from the first movie. Yeah. We got the old man and the two mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> like <laughs> Goldblum's the called the, in. The, the movie. They don't. Do they even uh, mention? Seen... Sorry, go ahead. The two kids who their their little scene didn't even make any sense. Like no. they could have given that. Like I fully expected. Again, because I had no idea what happens at this movie going to it. I thought the beginning was Dr. E. Malcolm gets the band back together, which would yeah. have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but so then it's, I was like, okay, but why would, why would the kids, once I saw the kids, I was like, oh, I guess they're in this movie. Why would they come back at all? They start talking. They're really excited to see Dr. Dr. Malcolm. And then they just sort of like stop talking and disappear into the background. Yeah. And then just at one point just walk out of the scene and then they're never seen or heard from again. Like, why make, why make the trip? The scene, the scene with uh, um, David, or excuse me, Richard Attenborough, I thought was like valuable and necessary. But yeah, it's like that's all they got. They couldn't get friggin'. I mean, Sam Neill, Laura Dern. Who else is in that first one who doesn't die? Sam Neill was just like, no, I'm making Event Horizon instead, which <laughs> I mean is awesome because Event Horizon kicks ass. But yeah, <laughs> that's the one with the eyeball, exploding eyeballs, right? Yes, it has a fair bit yeah. of that, and. It, for our different episode we're going to be recording, I will be talking quite a bit about Event Horizon because it has oh, similarities with the different movie we're going to be covering on this podcast. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, you're right. The scene with Attenborough was it's necessary and it's fine. But with the kids, it was just like, what the fuck are these kids doing? It's just like it's for the fans, I guess. But it's like if they're not going to be in it. It was distracting. Who gives a shit about this? Right, and it's just it's one of these things. And um, I don't know if we've recorded an episode since Bill and Ted came out, um, but it's one of these things about, again, we're, we're covering a lot of sequels in our recording session this week. So we're going to be, I think this is going to come up over the next few weeks while you're listening to these. Um, but um, with that movie, you know, there's a, there was a certain expectation of it to include certain things that we ha- that we expect from Bill and Ted, especially yeah. after waiting what, 30 years for a, for a movie years, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but it wasn't overdone. It kind of sat on its own. Whereas a lot of times when you have a sequel, you know, a big example that I have is the Austin Powers sequels, which, mm. you know, I think the, the first movie is fairly funny um, at, on, as its own original piece of work, as its own character or whatever. It's very Mike Myers style humor whatever but the sequels outside of adding a couple little things here and there and especially the third one holy shit um (laughs) it's really just repeating the same jokes over and over again yeah um in another hour and a half movie and then just more and more it's and and then that joke from wayne's world where they're talking about product placement becomes a reality in in those movies by Mm. the time (laughs) you're in the third movie they're in a starbucks there's a starbucks in the fucking lair you know very prominently seen throughout the entire scene. Um, and so it is amazing that the same man made Wayne's world and Austin powers. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. One of my favorite movies and one of my least favorite series of movies. 
But like with that and, and in this movie too, I, it's just like, I don't know. And, and Spielberg didn't do the third Jurassic Park, did he? No, no that was Joe Johnston. Okay, because like- <laughs> Captain America. Um, oh, okay, no, never yes. mind. He also did the Rocketeer and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Rocketeer, not Rocket Man. That's not that John movie. <laughs> okay, never mind. Or the Harlan Williams movie, right? The Disney Rocket Man. Remember that? Yeah. Harlan Williams starring vehicle. Um, yeah, from around the same year as this, actually. But if you okay, so if you think about like Indiana Jones, the Indiana Jones trilogy. I, I know there's four movies, but let's think about the original three. Yeah. The second one is the weakest of the of the first three movies. Well, see, I'm gonna have to differ with you. I'm, I know you're trying to illustrate a point here, but I do have to say, Temple is my favorite one. Really? Yes. Well, it, okay. So it is not. I, I totally disagree, but I, <laughs> it is not. It is not a, as weak a movie as The Lost World, Jurassic Park Two, or. Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World, or JP2, The Lost World, Dude, or We're Back in Dinosaur Story. Few movies are worse as a sequel, like a step down, in my opinion. Go on. Yeah, I mean, it, it is that thing where, okay, well, you have this major blockbuster that totally is set up to have to go on and on as a franchise. You're taking a big risk with Part 2. Yes. You have to step it up a bit. You have to get, but it's also such a blockbuster um, and by the 90s, by what, 97 or whatever, when this movie came out, they had had that formula down for how to do just like it's a money machine at this point. Whereas mm -hmm. in the 80s, in the early 80s, when Temple of Doom was coming out, they're, they're trying to take another risk. They're trying to move Indiana Jones into new territory. It doesn't quite work out. It's still not that bad. of a movie. In my opinion, it worked out swimmingly. Had a great yeah. grand old time with that film. <laughs> anyway, but you go back in part three, back to like what made one of the dumbest the movies movie. ever. Love it. I love Last Crusade. It's Last about Crusade. I saw the theater. It's like Last the, Crusade's my favorite too. Really? I feel like the Crystal yeah. Skull movie is like only a little bit worse than the Last Crusade. Uh, oh my god, dude! We'll do a different like, episode. Maybe yeah. this this sounds like some. I, I mean, insane can of worms we're opening right now, but anyway, I, I, I agree that Raiders is probably the best made of the movies, but Last Crusade is just like at this point, the characters established his motivations and bringing in Sean Connery. And yeah, I thought that and given Sala more to do, I thought that that was like really the things that I when I walked out of Raiders thinking it would have been cool if we had this and this and this. I got all of those. Who's Sala? Last Crusade. Uh, John Rice Davies. Oh, Yes. I like I like the um, the Englishman. I mean, that's like one of the dumber parts of the movie, but <laughs> I like I like when it goes full dumb. I guess because it's like I don't know. I kind of like oh when it things about this movie too. It's like just go full dumb movie, you know. Mm -hmm. But like they kind of acted like it was still a prestige movie. It's like this movie's horrible, you know. Like yeah. aim it towards the ground, you know. Quit trying to like salvage <laughs> this thing, but. There were a few moments during Lost World. I assume we're back to Lost World. Yeah. Yep. Let's hop on yeah. back into Lost World territory. We're all talking about, you know, the whole thing, film. I fully thought, <laughs> until the credits started rolling, I thought that this wasn't actually directed by Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it was missing so many of the signature moments. There were a lot of shots that I would characterize as being bad. Yes. Like where the, the focus point... There was one point where the hunter guy also, okay, this isn't really that big of a deal. And I understand this is maybe just what movies looked like, but there were way too many white men with bad hairlines that I missed oh. them all up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know anybody's name in this. I know the actors like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, Hey, yeah, there he is. There, there he there is. Was hunter dude. Hunter dude's number two. Pete Postlewaite. Uh, yeah. Pete Postlewaite was in this. Yeah. Uh, there was, um, so yeah, we have, we have four guys that were all part of the hunter group that I would, Peter Stormare, such similar physical descriptions. Yes. He was one of them. There was the guy who got eaten alive by the tiny little raptors, like yeah. the bird size raptors. Yes. Uh, there was the main hunter guy, the hunter guys, number two with the, with the little glasses. And then, uh, Richard Attenborough's nephew. Yeah. All mm -hmm. looked too similar to me and made it very confusing. Yeah. Um, 
When he was like, AJ uh, is dead, I was like, who the fuck was AJ? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> the Pete Possilway character made his bag away. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, he threw his bag away as they were running into the tall grass to get eaten by raptors. And yes. it's a that he did that because the raptors would kill him if he had his bag, but then they did it anyway. I don't know, man. It's just like, I didn't care. I didn't care about anyone. I like, I no. just kind of. Yeah. Suffered through this movie twice, trying to. The second time was just like maybe I missed something, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I did because I just I still got bored. And it's long. It's a long ass movie, two hours. It, when when you're bored, it's just like that's a long time. It picked up a little bit for me at the end when they're in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought that was like there should have been more people cool different side and stuff though. It felt weird. Didn't it feel weird how barren the streets were? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, is yeah. San Diego like, I don't know what San Diego's like, but like when he's, the T-Rex is walking through the neighborhood, I'm like, people would, lights would be coming on and people would be yeah. coming outside and being like, there's a huge fucking lizard that's shaking the ground outside, you know? And it eats Everybody's the dog. Everybody's would be doing the thing. They the would be. Thing. Oh, <laughs> look at you. See? Perfect. That's like. Yeah. Two seconds of thing. They didn't bring thing. that back, did they? They didn't know. They, yeah, didn't. they did. Oh, did they? Did but they? that would have been better, yeah, though. Everyone's sleeping in the camp. Oh, okay, uh, that's and, right. And Jeff Gold was walking around and he sees the ripples. And I was like, all right, if you're going to give a throwback, this is a bigger example. So have a little cut. It's a giant puddle, giant pupper, whatever. I thought that was neat. Uh, every so often they put a little touch to be like, hey, remember this? And most of the time they did that. I appreciated it. <laughs> but. So I don't know. What happens though is that they go. It's like it's a small team. Attenborough's telling him, and he like goes. It's his girlfriend, Vince Vaughn, and this dude. He's like going to put the dinosaur down with the tranquilizer or whatever mm-hmm. if it comes near them. Uh, another white guy with a bad hairline. Yeah, yep. forgot about him. And I did like that character. I mean, he's involved in the bus scene, and he like he dies heroically. And then I was like, man, this movie is just like killing people off. But they mention it as like, he died saving us or whatever. I was like, yeah. hell yeah, movie. Honor and respect yeah. that guy. But um, but then, like, I I was kind of confused. It's like, is Richard Attenborough involved with the military? Is it like a bait and switch on his part too? Or was it just his nephew being like, I'm commandeering this, but you happen to be here? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, if Crichton was writing it, it would have been the first one, but because it's Spielberg, he wants uh, he wants Hammond to be a good Hammond. Dude. He wants yeah, to, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the book, uh, Hammond is a bit more villainous, and he dies in the first book. Okay, I mean, he seems like a villain, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I think Spielberg saw too much of himself and like, I just want to make dreams come true. So he completely <laughs> changed how he's characterized. That's real. He completely changed it. You know what I was thinking about? This is a little bit of a side track again, but I'm writing the great American novel to Simpsons joke. And he's like, I call it Billy and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like Apu, like just tearing him apart, Skinner or whatever. Yeah. And like, it's like time elapsing and shit as he's like, just like launching a tirade at him about like, you fucking, he's like, yeah. He's like, 36 weeks on the bestseller list. Yeah. Number one at the box office for 12 weeks. Yeah. That's my favorite Apu moment because he just gets so offended at the fact that Skinner just has not paid attention to such a pop culture moment. (laughs) And that that never comes back. Apu being like heated about Skinner with his head in the sand. (laughs) That's something they should have looked into more. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Billy and the Clonosaurus. (laughs) Anyway. But go on. Yeah. Um, So, uh, one thing I wanted, I also want to talk about, apparently the daughter character was not originally written to be, or cast to be his daughter. She was supposed to be Which a student. Way? Kelly. Jeff Goldblum's daughter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So mm. She was, who was she so, written to... the original script had her be a student of him, mm. who like their friends or something. And then they cast that girl because she was in. Ah, I I just saw read about the movie that she was in. I don't remember. Um, 
And uh, then as they're working on it, they're like, this doesn't really make any sense. Why is he being so protective of a student? Why do they have this relationship where she feels like she can just follow him? All this other stuff. So they changed it to daughter, which does make sense, but they didn't change the casting. Hmm. Um, and I didn't see really a lot of father-daughter charisma between the two of them. I don't know. I can't think? envision him being a father. I'm glad you brought this up because I would have yeah. forgot to bring it up. But like when he was being a dad, I was like, is Jeff Goldblum, does he have kids? I can't. He doesn't, it doesn't make sense for him to be around a kid, talking to a kid. It, okay, so it, it's pretty clear that this daughter was probably adopted. Um, but he's Jeff Goldblum is divorced now, and adopting a child is very difficult. Um, you know, you have to go through a huge, long process to adopt a child. And I don't believe that Jeff Goldblum is responsible enough to go through that process. From what we know of the first character, the character in the first movie, did it seem like he had kids? No. Um, he, uh, he does explicitly say that he has kids from separate okay. marriages in the first movie. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I remember I remember thinking that and thinking, like, that's weird, but because I just watched it, I was like, oh, because he's, I think they're on the helicopter hmm. uh, when they're heading to the island, and he's talking to um, Sam Neill, and, he, and uh, he's like, do you have kids? And he's like, yeah, I have like three from four marriages or four from three marriages or something. Yeah. But he my only, split, my he only got, thing is that, okay, maybe he, maybe he adopted her from like, it was his first wife's kid and he adopted her. And that's, I think an easier process if you're married to someone who has a sure. kid versus adopting someone from an agency. Well, either but they way. they don't go into that. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter. So, I mean. No. I think they just wanted us to not really pay attention to the race aspect. I, 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 uh, cause I think Spielberg wanted to incorporate, he's like, I, I do believe that we're supposed to buy that they're biologically, that he's our biological father. Mm. And I think that they just, just were like, well, they got us over a barrel. We already wrote it and cast it. We're not gonna, we, we want to change their relationship without having, to I was it. fine with it, honestly. And I, I don't, yeah, it's just, I like, just, the thing I was like, it doesn't make fucking sense is that he has a kid. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. he did not sell that to me at all. That He was like a father, you know, or right. or, or that, that he's involved with any of his kids lives enough to have them be present at work. I mean, is he is this his worst performance? Jeff Goldblum, is this like his worst job at acting? <laughs> I don't know, man. He, is... I, he was given too much. I don't think that he's. The kind of actor who's equipped to deal with like both being the voice of reason and the father figure and the romantic lead. Yeah. <laughs> um, he can't it, do any of that stuff. Yeah, he, I think that you give him like they give him like five things to do, and I think Jeff Goldblum would have been great if it said, "Okay, here's three things, two things." Yeah, and it's just if he did one thing, he would have crushed it. I think that in that for in the first Jurassic Park, you have a a cast of characters that are different enough, but kind of embody certain traits that make up a good team for the movie. And each one has their purpose. Yeah. In, in this movie, I, yeah, there were three Jeff Goldblums, four Jeff Goldblums. Um, we haven't even talked about how Julianne Moore is in this movie. Yeah. She like beyond being the thing that leads Jeff Goldblum back back out there to the dinosaur island. She is exactly like Jeff Goldblum, and I can see why they would be dating in real life, but it doesn't really <laughs> make any clear dynamic of character in a story that I'm watching for entertainment. It felt like they um, wanted Laura Dern back, and they, she was like, "No," and they were like, "Okay, we'll just kind of like redo your character a little bit." But now her character would have been can, like her feuding with fucking Goldblum would have been great. That would have made this movie much more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a knock against Julianne Moore. That's just a knock about against the character they created for her and how she was asked to play it. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't. And then I don't even know why Vince Vaughn was there, honestly. 
Oh, because Spielberg liked rounders or swingers. Swingers, yeah, I was about to say yeah. swingers is the reason why. <laughs> and then he, he made he made Psycho like right after this. Oh my god, he was yeah. there to hold Nikon cameras in frame. Um, <laughs> yeah, gotta plug those JVC products. Yeah, I'm gonna get a Pulitzer for this. You want to give me my Pulitzer right now? Whatever. He's like riffing through the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, it really uh, might as well have been Michael Rappaport or somebody, you know. I kind of wanted to be more Vince Vaughn. Is that weird? Like, I wanted, like, let's go full old school on this. Like, I, I want I you to be you. telling Kelly to do earmuffs and shit. Like, yeah. if he'd been a bit more like, this is, like, okay, the best kind of character for this is uh, for in um, Sam Rockwell and Galaxy Quest. Mm. The guy who's like, this <laughs> yes. is stupid, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He was yeah. sort of being what Jeff Goldblum was in the first movie, mm. where he's like the third heat, you know, he's like providing quips and stuff. Yeah. While mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum is gravely serious about the dinosaur. It just didn't fucking work. It really didn't work to shift who he is in the circle of people and stuff. And then the it is a ragtag, like low rent version of what we had in the first one to but it probably know. cost more money i would imagine and as you, sequels often do yeah and julianne That's moore a is a fantastic actor like i mean i love her and safe shortcuts you name it what was that movie that todd haynes made later with her far from heaven oh, I, I know what you're talking about yeah with i don't know the dennis quaid and um, yeah. dennis haysbert it's a, it's a period piece, right? Yeah, she's a, she's terrific, you know. But yeah. and she uh, was Thirty Rock. She was she was on Thirty Rock for a while. She was she great. was indeed. Yeah. Yes, and I she's good in this movie, but I hated her character. Oh yeah, she's awful. <laughs> like, her character's awful. I hated. Oh, I hated I, I everything about this movie. movie. What's that? I don't think she was good in this movie. Yeah. I thought that this was like one of her. Um, like considering the career she's had, this is yeah. somewhat early for her. I'd say this was a fairly poor uh, display of her talents. Yeah, I and mean, I don't we, know how- we've Fair watched enough. on an earlier episode, we watched Chloe, which also had her in it, which is it not, you know, I, I kind of rated it a bit lower. It's not a fantastic movie, but she's fine in that movie. So she can work with bad or not great stuff, but it was just, this is clearly... A director's choice. I felt like she was better than Goldblum in this movie. I think so. I mean, she if she if Goldblum had yeah. been absent in this movie and it had been her and Vince Vaughn only, yeah, for that some would reason, have been a much more compelling movie. It probably would have been. Yeah, just cut out some of the character unnecessary characters uh, from this. Um. um yeah. Well, I the- think. Oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, and also Pete Postlewaite, terrific actor. His character made absolutely no sense. It's like, (laughs) he's there, he's doing it for free, he waves his fee. He has like this whole scene, like this monologue where he explains what a badass he is and what he's Um, doing Actually, I, I pulled that up ahead of time so I could read it for everyone who hasn't seen it. Because as I was watching this, I was like, Halfway through his monologue, I was like, he's still going. Yeah. This isn't over. <laughs> you know like what? He's negotiating or establishing the terms of his contract while are they driving away from a dinosaur in that moment? I think they're, they're, dri- they're, no, driving-, they're driving into the jungle and shit. And like yeah. right. nothing bad has happened. And I'm like, yet. this shit could have been handled on the on the plane, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> it is a long, it is one take too. It is they do not cut away. It is just him explaining he, the He's entire- an amazing actor. Who's yeah. been yeah. in lots of great movies? Like if you know the song "Tub Thumping" by Chubbawamba, it begins with an audio clip that is him giving a speech at the end of the movie "Brassed Off." It's an underrated indie film. Oh man, Brassed Off! Oh. It's like it's, it's, it's like really. Uh, you McGregor's in that, right? Yep, it's a good, it's a good little fun movie. I would love to do a whole little, hell yeah, whole little series of movies like that, honestly. But anyway. Yeah, so he can do that shit, but I mean, they, the Spielberg did him wrong, you know. I think yeah. like they wasted him in this movie. Anyway, read that. Do you have the monologue? You want to read it? I have it right here. I'd love okay. to hear it. His I'm name, by the way, is Roland Tembo. <laughs> uh, 
Which is a reference to the Warren Zevon song, Roll in the Headless Thompson Gunner. Mm-hmm. That was an intentional choice. All right. Uh, <laughs> Peter, if you want me to run your little camping trip, there are two conditions. First, I'm in charge. And when I'm not around, Dieter is. All you have to do is sign the checks, tell us we're doing a good job, and open your case of scotch and we have a good day. Second condition, my fee, you can keep it. All I want in return for my services is the right to hunt one of the tyrannosaurs, a male, a buck only. How and when is my business? Now, if you don't like either of these conditions, you're on your own. So go ahead, set up base camp right here or in a swamp or in the middle of a wreck nest for all I care. But I've been on too many safaris with rich dentists to listen to any more suicidal ideas. Okay? Like, how did Spielberg look at that and go, and go, yeah, this is enough um, spontaneous references and all, like... His character is interesting because he's sort of noble. I love that mm-hmm. in a movie where like the bad guy or the, the the heavy on the bad team has like a code, you know, and like mm-hmm. that can be tested by either side, including his own boss or whatever, you know. And like mm-hmm. I do like that he's like I like I liked his character, but then at the end he's like I'm out of here. Your death uh-huh. or something. It's like, you're a hunter, dude. You came here yeah. to kill a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, what are you even talking about, dude? But he's like, my partner died. It's like, yeah, you're on a dinosaur island, dude. <laughs> it's like, did you not think that maybe a lot of people were going to fucking die? Yeah. I would think that a guy like that would expect something like that to be the case. And why is he blaming that dude? It's like, you knew you came here to hunt a T-Rex. Which he calls the yeah. ultimate hunters. Like the raptors are, we see them hunt. Yeah. The field part is one of the best parts of the movie. That overhead mm-hmm. shot where you see them come in real, like, fast. Getting yanked down. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, that's good stuff. But so there were some cool parts of this, but this movie, oh, shit. Anyway, I think you were about to well, hit It's kind of hard to have a, a, a dinosaur based action movie with no cool parts. Uh, yeah. Unless you count Jurassic World, which was a dinosaur-based <laughs> action movie with no cool parts. Yeah, well, the the climax was cool, but it's like you're like two plus hours to that point where they yeah. released the T Rex. Oh I was exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I did love when they released the T Rex, but that's about it in that movie. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's go ahead and and go into a break and then come back with our big roundup. <laughs> rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. All right, it's time for the big roundup. Here we go. Jacob, on a scale of one to five stars, how many would you give The Lost World Jurassic Park 2? I would give The Lost World Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg. Two stars. Two stars. Two stars, yeah. I. It was bad, but, you know, 
when she does the gymnastics flip and kicks that raptor through a window and it gets skewered on a on a pole, I was like, this slapped. Yeah. And I thought the ending in San Diego, I thought like part of the, the ending was a little anticlimactic, like the when they actually trap him. There, there was enough of this movie that I pre- that I appreciated it too much to give it one star. Um yeah. can okay. I go down to zero? Is that bottom of the scale? We could yeah, one the bottom. There's no rules. You could go negative yeah. if you wanted. Oh, no, I'm not. I mean, come on. I'll save that for a, a later episode. Uh, no, I'm going to say two stars. Two stars. Randy, out of five stars, what would you give The Lost World Jurassic Park? I also am going to give it two stars. It had... I had... I was mad watching it today, this morning. I was <laughs> like, this sucks. Like, I hate this movie. But once it got cooking... I mean, I do, I guess I like dinosaurs and stuff. Like, I mean, some of it was cool. It's, it's like the dumbest possible way to do this again, to do a sequel. It couldn't, yeah. Like uh, Jacob was saying, is it, it kind of was mind-blowing when it was like directed by Steven Spielberg. It's like it is probably his worst movie. I haven't seen some of his newer animated. He did like all that. 1010 and BFG. I'm sure there's some of those I would really not like either, too, you know. And then the Indiana Jones. Was it good? Okay, I don't know. I have no idea. I grew up with the comics, so I am definitely Uh, biased, but I still very much enjoyed one. I got to tell you, that's one of the reasons I never saw it, because I have no, no, I mean, I know that it's a French comic, and that's it. Yeah. Like, pretty much. It's it's got kind of Indiana Jones vibes to it. And it's got... Simon Pegg's involved and stuff, right? Yeah, Simon uh, Pegg and Nick Frost play these uh, um, twin identical twin detectives. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Hey, you know what? I'll check that movie out. Maybe we'll have you back on to talk about the Adventures of Tintin. You'll be our it's Spielberg expert. <laughs> it comes up every once in a while. Yeah, it's on yeah, HBO. Yeah, definitely do an episode moment. on that. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Well then, hell yeah, um, we'll figure it out. Um, so anyway, I'm going to give this two stars and yeah, it just was like shit, you know, but it's definitely, you should watch it, I guess. Like if you want to watch a big budget movie, I, you know what this reminded me of, and I'll talk about it a little bit later. It reminded me of a movie. Anyway, Will, passing it to you Uh, now. (laughs) I gave this movie a star and a half. I... Care for it? I was. Uh, I mean, it is. Will is merciless. I mean, man. I, again, I'm not a. I'm not a Jurassic Park fan to begin with. Um, it's important in that it is the sequel to one of the biggest movies, you know, of that era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of, of the '90s. It, it is Spielberg. It is Spielberg doing a sequel to one of his biggest uh, movies. So it does have that merit in that if you want to investigate Spielberg and what he's done over his career, mm. you're going to have to watch it. And it's and it's interesting for that to see uh, Spielberg not do something well. Um, you know, so it, it does have merit, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. And I really did not like this movie. Outside of a couple of action sequences... I thought the trailer scene was kind of cool. It went on way too long. Yeah. Um, yes, way too long. But, and then kind of, you know, some of the action sequences were fun. Um, but no, I don't, there's really, unless you're really on a kick to watch all the Jurassic Parks, all the Spielbergs, all the sequels of all the blockbuster movies, there's really no reason to kind of pop this on Yeah. at all, so... One and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my two stars was because I have an immense amount of goodwill toward the first one. Yeah. yeah. I feel like if I had the same opinion as you of the first one, I probably would have also been like one to one and a half. Mine yeah. was, I'm just a nice guy, you know? I like yeah. I like movies, <laughs> so I gave it two. Anyway, recommendations? Jacob, you got any recommendations based on uh, The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2? Well, obviously the first one. If you feel like, if, if you're thinking, oh, I should, I never saw the second one. If it's been more than five years since you saw the first one, just watch the first one again, and you'll have more fun. Mm. Uh, but also, um, a British action film from I believe 2011, entitled Attack the Block. Yeah. Mm, yes. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Very good movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
I I think of Jurassic Park as uh, if you're thinking monster movies, this one's a bit more actiony. Um, but I love the design of the monsters in Attack of the Block. I love the the characters are all like they could have all been the same, and yet they're not. They all have, I think, really distinctly different personalities. John Boyega proves that he's a way better actor than Star Wars would lead us to believe. Yeah, um, yeah uh, everything about that movie really, really clicks for me. Um, so, yeah, if you want a, a good, fun, kind of, like, urban setting, uh, action-y, like, running around, because they're, they're, like, it's not like a a huge action movie where they're like trying to save a city or whatever. They're trying to save one apartment building mm. in a low income neighborhood. And I think it's so, so cool. So yeah, that is, the aliens that look is so good in that movie too. They're so awesome looking in that movie. Mm -hmm. The aliens. That movie is what I think super eight wanted to be. Mm. Um, I kind of like, like super eight. <laughs> super eight had, had its good really moments. I forgot about it um, until just now, but <laughs> yeah. but I think that movie really falls apart in the last like third yeah um you know it, it has a good setup but it really does not kind of come full circle uh attack the block does come full circle um and really ends very well and it says if you want a sequel you can have it but you don't really need to because everything got wrapped up in as much as it needed to for for this movie i don't even um, know what they they would do for a second attack the block what would that even look i don't like? either nope yeah. but they, they pulled it off with other shit so they pulled it off mm -hmm. with jurassic park so yeah, when John Boyega yeah. was cast in Star Wars, I was like, oh, it's probably because he's like has a sword, that part when he like decapitates the alien or whatever. It's like we're yeah. going to see him with the lightsaber a lot, and that would be fun. We barely get to see him do anything yeah. with the lightsaber in all three movies. Yeah. In the first one, the most, probably, just in that one little yeah. scene. When it sort of seems like he's the lead. Yeah, it would have been awesome if switch. he would have had a... Just fought. I wanted to see more lightsaber shit with him. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Randy, you got any recommendations yeah. based on on this one? When I was watching this, it was, I was reminded of a movie that I was pleasantly surprised by. That I had zero expectation of being good. Uh, Kong Skull Island. <laughs> oh. Okay. It's just like a movie about civilians and then army dudes being on a weird monster island you know like that's like a way more fun version of the lost world jp2 in my opinion no, i didn't check that out because that also is a sequel that is a sequel to king kong the peter jackson version uh, i don't i think it's no i think it's meant to tie in eventually with the godzilla movies that are happening right now yeah okay which yeah. I haven't seen any of those either. It's like a period piece set in like Vietnam times, if I am not mm -hmm. mistaken. I saw it once, but I have fond memories of it. I just enjoyed it. And I was watching this. I was like, man, I should watch that other movie again because that was a whole lot of fun. But and yeah, I guess I mean, part one, it's just no comparison between the two yeah. movies. Part one just majestically rolls out this whole world, you know, and you meet these characters, you meet uh, Sam Neill and Laura Dern, and you're just like, these guys fucking rule. And then helicopter, you meet Goldblum, and then the warrior, and then the kids, you know, and all that shit. And then you're like, welcome to Jurassic Park, and you enter into Jurassic Park as an audience member with the movie, introducing everyone to this new place. This movie's like... We got we got a, one guy and then a couple of the supporting players back and we're going to a different island that's not even you're not even gonna see the ruins of the park. We're going to just some other place nearby. Yeah. Cinco de Muertes. <laughs> Terrible. Anyway. I do have I, I before I forget, I wanna there's a really funny story. I saw Jeff Goldblum at SF Sketch Fest a few years ago. Oh yeah. Um where he like yeah, his did, were you at that show, Will? I was not at that show now. Um, it, I, I believe he's, he obviously not right now, but he does like these jazz shows in LA where he like plays jazz and talks about his movies, talks about his career. And, um, he had a funny story about, uh, when he flew to do Jurassic park, he would share a flight with the guy who played the lawyer. And as they're flying over, the guy's like, yeah, so I have the script here. It looks like we're traveling together. And then there's a part where, uh, the kids are in danger and my character runs and hides in the toilet and your character distracts the T-Rex with a flare and then breaks his leg but survives. So I was thinking, what if we switch? 
That's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's like, come on, man. <laughs> that's an iconic scene. The scene, one of yeah. the maybe the scene I think of the first when I think of that movie is the lawyer sitting on the toilet and having arguments yeah. over are his pants down or not with my friends. Yeah. Like, is he actually taking a shit or not? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. In my memory, his pants are down, but maybe they're, they're not. They're not. They're yeah. I, I mean, I, I, every time I watch that movie, I've seen Jurassic Park probably three times in the last five years. Every time I watch that movie, when you see him, I'm like, oh, right, his pants are off. Yeah. <laughs> but I always forget. God, and that movie, the first one's got Sam Jackson just smoking like 500 <laughs> packs of cigarettes. Time. Like, and Goldblum is like laying out with his shirt unbuttoned and shit. It's just like, there's so many iconic, so like, the little nooks and crannies of that movie are interesting and fun. And this is just like army guys, gold bloom, Julianne Moore, you know, like Vince Vaughn, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like, dude, Wayne Knight kills every scene. He's Hell in yeah, he yeah. does. And then when he gets, when he gets the embryos in the first place, when he's arguing with Hammond, when he dies, every part of that is just like, and then when they try to get into his computer, it's like, uh, 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 and like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. set, you know, yeah. like, Oh, <laughs> hell Yeah. Uh, Jurassic yeah, Park yeah. is a terrific, wonderful movie. This is not so good. No, they don't, they, they needed a Wayne Knight. They needed a Sam Jackson. They needed like a guy mm. to sort of like react to all the tech stuff going on. Yes, mm -hmm. um, and that guy dies, and that's why they have to get to this place. They don't mm -hmm. have yeah, yeah, missed opportunity. Well, uh, my my suggestion, if you're into dinosaurs uh, and cloning and shit, there's a really good movie from 1993 called Carnosaur that you should Ooh. check out. <laughs> uh, it's good. I think Don't there's a quote that's it. like better than Jurassic Park, like yep. Siskel or I. <laughs> that can't be right, but there's some crazy there, quote on the box that there references is a, there Jurassic is a, Park. Uh, there is a... Uh, a reference to it on the critic uh, with the episode that, that Cisco and Ebert were on. Um, uh, maybe I'm conflated, but I think that that's like based on fact though, that one of them did like Carnosaur. Yeah. I think, I think Roger Ebert did enjoy Carnosaur. Oh yeah. Man. Um, Ebert but, was sometimes a lot of times he was great. I liked Ebert. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, great. So I think that about wraps up the episode. I think we've had uh, said enough. We, uh, anyone needs to say about, the Lost World, Jurassic Park 2. Yeah. Uh, so, Jacob, uh, what do you got going on uh, that you want to promote? Uh, my current main project is Boo to a Goose, a podcast about idioms, expressions, and slang that I host with my wife, Annie. Uh, it is available on – it's part of the Comedio Network, new episodes every Friday. They come in between, like, 15 minutes, half an hour, and every episode is us taking a particular piece of British slang, talking about what it means and its origins, and finding some really interesting stories. My personal uh, – plug if you want to start the show is we did a two-parter exploring idioms that are utilized in Alan Wonderland because Lewis Carroll uh didn't create the term mad as a hatter or uh grinning like a Cheshire cat he just used them in his book and so we talk about where they came from and how uh they influenced the books and whatnot yeah that sounds it's, it's definitely a good show episode. yeah thanks man sounds and, dope uh, as hell yeah yeah, short, shorter than this show even, which I really yeah. appreciate, believe it or not. Um, and yeah, you you and Annie are both great uh, together, uh, power couple there. So thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Randy, yeah. I like that we, Randy, we both are holding knives right now. I really are we really? Yeah, I got a knife in my hand right now. Okay. <laughs> that just shows uh, the kind of people we are. Uh, Randy, anything anything new going on with you that you want to plug? No, nothing, nothing too new with me. This is coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, nah, nothing going on. Appreciate everyone cool. wearing masks. You know, be nice yeah. to each other. Don't yeah. set forest fires. Revealing yeah, the gender of your baby, please. This this is also uh, the first recording we've done since the crazy ass fires that that Jacob and I both experienced out here. Yeah. The crazy orange day that we had. Um, it was weird to see the Dune trailer drop and then go outside and been like, was that a movie or was that what's happening? Yeah, that is a news report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, watching the the news like live cameras all day, like watching the, the Bay Bridge all day, just like, fuck. Insane. 
Um, I tried yeah, to take don't. a picture of, I was one of the like eight people in the Bay Area who didn't post a picture of the orange skies because the camera on my phone kept correcting it and made the sky look normal. Yeah, I had to correct mine uh, whenever I took them, um, which I correct most of my photos anyway. But sure. even though I corrected it, I made it look like it actually looked outside. So if you see my yeah. photos of it, just know that I matched it to what it actually looked like. So um, uh, for me, you can check out other show uh nerd rage of the great debates which randy coming up in october we will hear you on hell yeah you will uh we are doing a new tournament for best horror sequels um and randy was our guest judge on that and it's a great set of of episodes it's two episodes that that you can hear him on coming up at the end of october um so yeah season four we're doing a lot of cool stuff on that one uh Sweet. Also, Sup Doc, if you're into documentaries, we um, review documentaries every two weeks. Uh, check it out. We have over 100 episodes. It's, it's a lot of cool stuff, a lot of director interviews. Um, so, yeah, Sup Doc podcast. But what about all All right, that Jeff about Jeff. does it. We're at about a little under an hour here. Um, so I think we're going to wrap it up and record our next episode that you'll hear in the weeks to come. Uh, so, Jacob, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. And Randy, I'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. See you. See you then, friend. Bye.